0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Saturday, January 23rd. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to go over a really solid seven game NBA Saturday night slate. We even get a later start than normal. Uh, all the games are either at eight or nine o'clock. So that's pretty cool Eastern time that is. We have three eight o'clock tips and four nine o'clock. So there's not going to be a lot of staggered starts, uh, but we do get that extra time on the front end to prepare and to make some changes. So very excited about that. Um, it's it's a challenging night, and the main reason is of the seven games, obviously 14 teams playing. Would you believe 10 of them are on the back side of a back-to-back? So it is all about the news today, from beginning to end. You know how many people are going to sit for rest purposes on a back to back. How many are going to have minutes restricted, uh, et cetera. And there's nothing tomorrow as far as back to back for any of these teams. They all these teams, like I say, ten are on the back side of a back to back. Four are on an island, so they didn't play yesterday. They don't play tomorrow. So we need to really evaluate that as we go on through this. Um, Again, we're in uncharted territory, and this is a, a fantastic time to really hammer NBA DFS because whatever anybody tells you out there, this scenario that we're in right now with all of these multitude of differences that have ever happened with COVID, we have so many players sitting, teams affected, rotations changed, guys playing that should be in the G League, and you have to be aware of all of that to evaluate it properly. Then you pile on the fact that uh, there's no fans in the stands, so the, you know, what you're used to for a home court advantage isn't the same as it used to be. And they've scheduled uh, in order to try to keep the contract trace tra- tracing down for COVID, a lot of these back-to-back games. They play one night and then they'll travel to the other city and play the same two teams the other the next night. And you're gonna see a lot of that. We have some of it today. And again, that changes up the whole scenario as well. Um, you know, it was weird yesterday. Uh, we were able to uh, get uh, Clint Capella, I always wanna call him Chris, Clint Capella, um, very low owned. Uh, we had him in the low digit percentage ownership, uh, and it was the same team they just played And they absolutely, and Capella absolutely went crazy. So I, I don't know if it was the cousins uh, chalk last night or whatever it was, but nobody bought Capella. Uh, He has, he just sat out there in single digits. We jumped on it, and the dude had a triple double with ten blocks. I mean, it was beautiful. But you know, some of that you got to take it for face value. They just played this team, you know, twenty-four or forty-eight hours ago. He smashed him in the paint. Uh, what's to say he's not going to smash him again? So anyway, some of that you can really get a, a nice advantage with, and then some of it you have to adjust as you go. But DFS Coach Talk is the place to be. Join us, dfscoachtalk.com. Uh, our The way we hand-build our lineup and break down these games, we game-script them out. We you know put all of our statistical analysis together. And then we walk through the game to try to determine who's going to get the minutes, uh, you know, who is facing a lesser defensive opponent, even at that position. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I want to mention that, too. I talked yesterday in the podcast about going over the defensive real plus minus uh, category today, but was set with these games and all of the double headers. Um, and then we have a pretty stacked slate tomorrow as well. I decided to wait until Monday, Andrew and I will do the show Monday, and this way we can go over that defensive real plus minus team by team, bounce it back and forth uh, between Andrew and I, and the schedule's not that bad that we can't do it. So uh, just wanted to mention that because uh, for those of you that were looking for that statistic, we will continue today to go over the defensive efficiency and pace, which has been a good combination for us. Uh, in taking some stuff down. So that's the main information I wanted to let you know. DFSCoachTalk.com. Join us. You can join for a week, a month. You can also uh, get the, excuse me, still here, uh, the uh, BetUS.com.pa deal, which is $149. And you can either just join directly with DFS Coach Talk. We'll uh, honor that. Or if you want to take advantage of that BetUS side, uh, you go to betus.com.pa, sign up with the promo code Talk, no space, all one word. You get the $149 in your Bet, uh, US account to, to wager, and we give you a free membership all the way through until April 1st. So can't beat it. It sounds too good to be true, but it's it is what it is. It's awesome. So look forward to that tremendously. All right, let's go to game one. Again, we have three 8 o'clock games, so we get a, a little later uh, jump in getting the lineups in. And we've got the Philadelphia 76ers at the Detroit Pistons. Uh, again, both teams on the back side of a back-to-back, uh, so that makes it interesting. And uh, the total here, and I want to mention this before we start on this first game because it's really weird. There are larger totals, there's one, two, three, four, five, six of the seven games have a larger spread as far as favoritism than we usually have one team uh, with that. Yesterday we had one out of the 11 games or whatever we had. And so we've got another element uh, to make it tough today is obviously with these big uh, numbers as far as favoritism, some of these games are going to blow out, which sometimes is a deciding factor. Uh, you know, you can have a, a great guy, and if it's a blowout, he's going to lose minutes. You could have an average guy, and it goes over time, he gets all those extra minutes and surpasses you. So keep that in mind. Uh, as we game script these out, you know, the ones that we feel are going to, uh, you know, have a better propensity to blow out, you need to take that into consideration. Uh, along with everything else. So uh, interesting stuff. So Philadelphia is a seven-point favorite at Detroit. Uh, The over-under in this game is 218, which is the second lowest. Um, And then defensive efficiency, we know Philadelphia is fifth. uh, Really tough with Embiid in there specifically. Detroit is 22nd, so that helps the Philly side. Pace-wise, Philly's fourth. So it's a monster pace up game for Detroit, who's 25th. However, it's a pace down game um, for Philly as they're they're facing Detroit. Um, Detroit is not good. I'm just telling you right now. They're three and 12, and they're playing like three and 12. Philly's 11 and five. So really, the seven point spread is not bad. I would expect that, even though it's on the road. There's no fans. So. It's not as much of an advantage. I thought that would be nine uh, to nine and a half. So interesting that it's that close. Um, Right now we have no negative news on Philly guys sitting. Embiid played really well last night. Had a good game. uh, Definitely made value and then some. But right now it looks like Simmons, Curry, Green, Harrison, Embiid, and obviously they're they're trying to uh, get Maxi in there some. Because he had played well, and certainly uh, Shaq Milton, who had had played super well. So the question is, you know, do you pay up for an Embiid or a Simmons in a game where, uh, you know, they should be able to handle Detroit? I'm not going to go there. I, you know, of all the games, there's one other game <clears throat> that I have ranked about even with this one as far as uh, the possibility of of blowout. So. Um, Blake Griffin is, has been listed as questionable this morning. So on the Detroit side, you have a possible starting group of DeLon Wright, Wayne Ellington, Jeremy Grant, who's been playing good ball. If Blake sits, uh, they'll go. They've got plenty of uh, big Stewart, Deon, uh, Demboy, Demboy, uh, and they start Mason Plumlee at center. So <clears throat> against Philly, that stout defense. Uh, is not, does not excite me to get any of these Detroit guys on the board. Um, This is really going to more than likely be a pass game for me completely. The number's low. You know, we may have some variance with some of the guys sitting more than they normally would because they're both on back-to-backs and just nobody jumps out at me. So game one, pretty simple. All right, we go to game two. And that is the Miami Heat at the Brooklyn Nets, and Brooklyn Nets cannot beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Go figure. But uh, Miami is six and eight. They still are missing a bunch of key guys: Butler, Leonard, Silva, Bradley, Hero. All those guys uh, are out, and so they're they've been playing with like eight guys almost every game. Uh, Brooklyn uh, should have will have KD back. Uh, and they're not messing around here. They are. They are nine and eight. The Heat, like I said, are six and eight, but they've just been decimated with uh, COVID. Uh, the main key players are back for Brooklyn. So the question is here: How does that affect uh, wanting to spend up for any of those three guys? Uh, Brooklyn is seven and a half point favorite. Both of these teams are coming off a back-to-back. So Miami played last night. They have to travel into Brooklyn. They're extremely shorthanded. But here's the the winner, it's 230 and a half, which you know uh, Andrew and I often talk about it. That 230 is sort of the magic number. Once you get above that, uh, it gets it gets our interest because that's impactful for these games that could end at 210 or you know 212, and then you've got all these extra DFS points with a 230 to 235 game on the board. Um, Here's the other thing that makes this extremely interesting. Miami is 20th, and again, because of injury, and Brooklyn's only 23rd defensively. So you've got two teams uh, not in the lower third in the league in defensive efficiency. And then pace is solid. Miami's 18th, even though they're shorthanded. Brooklyn's all the way up to fifth. So the, the question is this. Does this game stay close enough that the main guys will get good minutes. Again, you know, we had Kyrie and Harden played solid minutes yesterday. You know, it's a back-to-back for them. Uh, Harden's carried a pretty big load since he just got there. So it's, you know, there's not something that's green here that says these are the guys you need to play. However, I think you have to have exposure here I mean, the Brooklyn games have been high scoring since they added all these studs to the mix. And it's just it's just very interesting. So uh, I think you have to have exposure here. Uh, there's a couple of different ways you can go. Um, Gabe Vincent, Goran Dragic will, will get and, Ke- and Kendrick Nunn will be the three guys that get a lot of the, the guard play. And, you know, uh, Djokovic has been a little disappointing, but he may start and get solid minutes. And I think in a pace-up game, he could do well. But he has been slightly slumped. Uh, Vincent's more of a GPP play. Uh, Kendrick Nunn has, you know, blew up uh, the other day, so he's got the potential, uh, you know, to have a solid game at a really good price. Um, Bam Adebayo just hasn't really. Uh, smash value forever. Uh, you know, I think just all of the different pieces right now with these teams, uh, with with Miami's team, with having so many guys out, it just he hasn't been into a flow. But you know, one thing we we've noticed is a huge digression of uh, DeAndre Jordan's defensive capabilities. He used to be one of the best in the league, I think he was All NBA Defensive uh, Team. Type guy, but he's lost a full step. I, I'm sure it's age. Uh, Father time does have a way of being undefeated uh, as far as anybody trying to beat it, except LeBron. I think LeBron may have made a deal with the devil, but um, DeAndre just doesn't seem like that same stopper inside, and they generally will go small with Jeff Green or KD at center. KD plays all five positions, by the way. And so, you know, I think this is a really good spot for Bam. I mean, if he's going to wake up and they're going to be in this game, if the game stays within reason, I think Bam is a terrific play today. And I don't think he's going to be owned that much. And then if you want to go with one of those value guards that I mentioned, I think they would fit very well also. On the Brooklyn side, uh, I don't know about Kyrie played uh, pretty good minutes yesterday. Uh, I'm a little concerned about, uh, you know, if they're going to just sort of try to ease him in there, especially if they had the, have the lead as far as total minutes. Harden is Harden. He's going to get his. He's going to get minutes. But I, I love Kevin Durant here. He's rested. He rested just strictly for rest. And so, you know, on, on a game where two teams are coming off uh, back to backs and you have I believe the most talented guy on the entire floor for either team and he's rested. Uh, I'm going to take him nine times out of 10. So uh, my first pillar, my first concrete choice for the day is Kevin Durant. He's going to make my lineup and I'm going to use the possibility of value play. Jeff green. I, I just keep watching him. I know Jeff green's old. He's been around. He's done everything. He is a nice little value play. He's in the 20s all the time, and he's getting the big minutes, and he's playing like, you know, I don't know if it's because he's a veteran or what, but you watch the flow of the game and the ball's moving around. You have guys that give it up a lot on that team because, you know, how can you not defer to three alpha dogs like Kyrie, uh, KD, and Harden? But it doesn't seem to fade green. He gets the ball in the corner. He's going to fire the three. He gets a step on a guy. He's taking it to the hoop. So I just, I've really, you know, been surprised. I think that's why Nash has given him so much time is he just seems aggressive out there more so than he even has in the past. So, uh, you know, definitely GPP. And he may even make my squad as a super cheap uh, secondary guy. Uh, Again, Bam and one of the guards in that game uh, as well. All right, game 3. We have the the New Orleans Pelicans at 5 and 9 at the Minnesota Timberwolves at 3 and 11, and they're playing like 3 and 11. Another big spread. This is that's the theme tonight. All huge spreads and I real I'll tell you what, if you avoid the two or three games that blow out and go with the other games with similar lines that happen to stay close, that may be the differentiator right there. So uh, that's the key factor in game scripting this out. You know, I think Miami can hang tighter to Brooklyn. I mean, they've lost two in a row to Cleveland, so who's to say there? Uh, I think Philly hammers Detroit. And in this game, I think I think the Pelicans hammer Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is just a dumpster fire right now. Here's the other thing is New Orleans is one of the teams that didn't play last night. So not only does poor Minnesota have to face the Pels, They're on a back-to-back with uh, a lineup with no cat, and, I mean, that spells uh, loss generally. Uh, It's 220 and a half over-under, so reasonable. Here's the thing that gets you more excited, 24th and 28th, respectively, defensive efficiency. So there will be points in this game. Pace-wise, the Pelicans have, have played more controlled ball Van Gundy likes that style. They're 26th in pace. But it is a big pace-up game for them with Minnesota 8th. Uh, Russell Beasley, they push the ball, and that's going to play right into the Pelicans' hands. So, I, you know, I sense this game could very easily blow out. Uh, so I don't want to overbake and spend big money on Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. I think there'll be a big reason why it blows out. But I just don't know if they'll get enough bite, uh, with, you know, in three quarters of play if they, ha- if they sit 12, 14, 15 minutes, uh, if they're going to be able to make their numbers. Now, Zion's price is still decent, so he's going to get a look-see for me if I have a little extra salary in the bucket, and uh, he has the potential uh, to uh, jump in there. Um, As far as the Minnesota side, it's just it's been so difficult. You know, you have guys just not getting it done there. The two guys we talk about every night, I guess only two worth mentioning, in my opinion, are D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley. Uh, Beasley struggled a bit. Russell's been up and down. But if you catch either one of those guys on the right night, they can be slate breaker kind of guys. Uh, The only value guys you can look at Vanderbilt for a second or Reed. Uh, They're both cheap. They both can do uh, some damage uh, at a a reduced number, but uh, trying to avoid this game somewhat because of the blowout potential, in my opinion, and, uh, you know, probably a one-off type exposure uh, there. Okay, we go to the next game, which is the Golden State Warriors at the Utah Jazz, and this starts the four games that start at nine o'clock. So we're going to have the TV on, the phone's going to have a game, the laptop's going to have a game, and then trying to follow our DFS scoring. It's going to be a fun night. All right. So uh, right now, Utah's seven and a half point favorite. And here's the news bulletin of the NBA. Utah is 11 and four. Now explain that to me. I would love to know how Uh, Bogdanovich coming back after an injury, Royce O'Neal, Niang, uh, all these guys, you know, Conley, who's really at the end of his career, I guess it's Gobert's defense is phenomenal in the paint. Clarkson is a big spark plug off the bench and Donovan Mitchell's playing like an all-star. So I guess that combination and, you know, when you mix that with Quinn Snyder's coaching, I think he's extremely underrated. And if he keeps this going, he'll get coach of the year. But uh, they're never a a big favorite for us as far as rostering guys, because they're they're pretty good defensively and they're slow. So, you you know, you, you hate these Utah games, but now you're going against the Golden State team that is pretty fast. So right now, Utah, like I said, is a seven and a half point favorite. You got a nice big 228 number for the over under which you don't usually get in Utah games. It's the second highest on the slate. So that makes you look, but Golden State's 13th in defense, so they're in the upper half. Utah's 7th. They've been in the top 10 for quite some time, and that's a big part of the reason why they're 11 and 4. And then this excites the Jazz guys. Golden State 3rd right now in pace in the entire league. So you're going to get some extra possessions for these Utah players. Utah, however, is 23rd. So it is a pace down game for Golden State. So questions here, I guess, you know, is, is this a Steph Curry game? Can he, uh, is there enough pace in this game? And do they not defend him to the point where, uh, you know, he, can, he can't uh, make his number? Now, he's super expensive. But it, I think it is a good spot for him. Connolly's not the defender that he was. He's still adequate, but he used to be, you know, all NBA level defensive player. Um, you know, so I mean, you could take a glance at him. Uh, not really a Wiggins guy. I Don't see him getting the ancillary numbers other than scoring. Kelly Oubre is getting better and better as each game goes. So you can definitely consider him. I don't want Draymond at that low price. I was so glad that I uh, faded him last time when he got thrown out. That was really uh, pretty funny. But I just—it's just too much of a sweat. I, and I watched it full, full blown when he's my last guy I left the other day. And he did make a little run. I got to give him credit, but he just doesn't shoot it enough. He's inconsistent, and he's always a tee away from hitting the bench. So. You know, I've I've been riding Mr. James Wiseman quite a bit because he's just so cheap. And I don't know if it's because his minutes are inconsistent, but man, when this dude gets minutes, he can be tough. But this is also the first time Mr. Wiseman gets to meet the stifled tower. So uh, welcome to the NBA, I would believe, for Rudy Gobert. And he scares me enough that I won't take the value plunge on Weisman like I usually do but I still say he's a guy to look out for so again Curry and Ubre are in consideration for me on the Golden State aside because I do have some pay up opportunities here with some value I've already mentioned on the Utah side I, there's only one player it's Donovan Mitchell and he's playing at a stupid level right now I mean he is dominant uh, I don't like playing Conley because he's hit or miss. Bogdanovich, he made uh, value last time. Again, he's very scoring dependent. And now that Ingles is back, he's getting rotated out a little bit. Not interested in O'Neal. Don't want to pay up for Gobert. I explained that on yesterday's pod. I just he's so high priced for a guy that's 11.1% usage that it just doesn't make sense. If he doesn't get 10 blocks then he's generally going to be chasing his number a lot of the time. So, uh, you know, it, this may be the pay-up game where I, I do soak in a lot of cash if I do go with a correlation of Curry versus Mitchell, uh, and and that's what I'm looking at on my build right now. All right, couple things real quick. We have three 9 o'clock games left. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, please hit the thumbs up. Please subscribe and please hit the alarm button, which alerts you every time one of our podcasts goes up, which right now we've got the one week, uh, one NFL pod per week, uh, one golf pod, and we're seven days a week NBA in front of the paywall that that are going to be out there. So you want to be alerted. We try to get uh, our pods, NBA pods up around lunchtime each day, but it varies sometimes a little early. A lot of times a little bit later because we're trying to get all the information to make the podcast as valid as possible. So, uh, you know, you definitely want to do that. We also have a great contest. We're going to be running again this coming week where we give away a week membership. And all you have to do is if you follow us on Twitter, which we're at DFS Coach Talk, and look for Joe Stanton or Tyler Pitzer, we'll be pinning a tweet Uh, that will state, if you like and retweet that tweet and subscribe to us on YouTube, then you qualify. And we've had multiple winners this month, uh, and everybody's really enjoying uh, jumping in. And once you're a member, uh, I offer time one-on-one as part of your membership. We spend an hour, two hours, whatever anybody wants. We'll put it on the calendar, and we go through the Coach Talk process, which really deals with two things, bankroll management and contest selection. And this is six years in the making. And again, the big passionate part for me is sharing that process with people so that they can be in the 13% of DFS players that win and not the 87% that reload time after time. So love to get you in here. Join, uh, whether you join at dfscoachtalk.com or you get in these contests uh, and hopefully you can be one of the lucky winners to join us. If you're uh, wanting to connect with us on Twitter, I, uh, again, we're all at DFS Coach Talk. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Andrew is at Language Olympic and Shane is at D-E-T Sports Shane. So definitely catch us there. You can catch our pods every day on YouTube as well. If you're listening to the audio version of this, we, we welcome you and thank you. We're everywhere podcasts can be found, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera. If you have a chance on those uh, different podcast outlets like iTunes, click the five uh, stars, give us a quick two or three word even, uh, just shout out. All of those things in all of our podcasting, whenever you're going to those landing spots and giving us some positive feedback and subscribing, it really, really helps us and it moves us up the algorithm on all of them so that more people are seeing uh, our podcast. So we really, really appreciate that and uh, hope that you'll uh, jump in there and uh, and do that. So, all right, three games left. They're all nine o'clock games. The first one is the Houston Rockets at the Dallas Mavericks. Houston's five and nine. Mavericks are back above 500 with their win last night at eight and seven. Both teams coming off a back-to-back. Right now, it's looking like Oladipo, Gordon, Tate, Tucker, and Cousins, because we know Christian Wood is out. Uh, Possibility, I guess, he's between out and questionable, so we don't want to completely count him out yet, but let's keep an eye on that. I don't believe he's going to play. Uh, Dante Exum is not back yet. They just traded for Kevin Porter Jr. Good luck with that. He is out. House and Wall are still out. So Houston's playing with a very reduced uh, bench here. Uh, And it's a back-to-back. And they're on the road. And Dallas is a nine-point favorite. So uh, blowout possibilities here. I'm not game scripting this as a complete blowout. I think I think houston hangs a little bit for for folks to get uh enough minutes now this is the third lowest total at 219 and a lot of that is because of the defensive efficiency houston is 10th and dallas is eighth so you know again that's a little bit of a worry in combination with the big line but houston is seventh in pace so it's a pace up game for dallas dallas is 21st but improving uh, since they got jalen brunson back And they've got a little bit different rotation with a rookie, Josh Green, getting about 20 minutes a game. They seem to have picked up the tempo and KP runs the floor. They try to get a lot of transition breaks and lobs to him. So I think this game has potential here. Um, You know, we always talk about Luke is never a bad play, which he very well may not be. I mean, the dude's just an absolute machine. He smashed it again last night. Um, You know, who's going to guard him here is the question. If it's Victor Oladipo, he's a little undersized to guard him, but he is an outstanding defender. But Houston really needs Oladipo on the offensive end. So um, I'm very interested to see what the matchup is here because Luka could turn out to be uh, the best play on the entire slate. Yeah, big big breaking news there. Uh, But... You know, I, I just, his price is so over the top right now, and he's still making value. I, I just don't feel comfortable paying at this moment because other guys are stepping up. Since Brunson came back, uh, the Mavericks have looked completely different. Same thing with uh, Porzingis. I mean, those two guys have shifted uh, the way everything looks. They are taking a little bit of usage from Luka. Luka's ridiculous usage is always there, but... Hardaway's making shots, and on at times we're getting Burke off the bench drilling a bunch of shots. Brunson's getting his uh, piece of the pie, so you know, and even Johnson, uh, you know, the, off the bench is doing a nice job. And Porzingis is always, uh, you know, in in the uh, offing to possibly score as much or more of as Lucas. So. The combination of a couple of things there concern me a little bit with, you know, the spread and that slight possibility of a blowout 2 top 10 rated defensive teams. Um, But, you know, if I make not if I don't play the Curry Mitchell combination, uh, Luca could sneak in there. uh, And, you know, the question is, will Carlisle give him full extended minutes? On the second night of a back-to-back, um, you know I don't trust Carlisle. He's not far different than Pop, and uh, some of these guys that you know you just don't know when they're going to try to take it easy on players, rest them uh, the whole nine yards. So you got to be careful there. Uh, the secondary guys that are still pretty cheap. I mean, you can certainly consider Burke, Hardaway, Brunson, but. You know, it, they're they sort of taking turns having the best uh, game. So, on the Houston side, uh, you know, Ola Depot again, you know, is playable. Uh, you know, he's shooting the ball pretty well at times. He has the ball in his hands, he's playing some point for them, but I'm not crazy about him here. Uh Luca uh, very well may guard him. And I'll tell you, Luca's the most improved defensive player in the league. If statistically you can look at it, and he is. He's per possession getting more stops, deflections. Uh, you know, he's he's stepping it up. So I'm not crazy about Oladipo here. Uh, Gordon is hit or miss. The guy I've been playing, and he's making seven, eight X at a low price is Jajon Tate, the rookie. He's taking advantage of all these guys being out. And that guy is aggressive. He can jump. He's a great dunker. He can hit a wide open three or a slightly contested three, but he's active. He's on the floor for the ball. He's getting some rebounds. You know, he's just a guy that grabs some DFS minutes that I think is well worth the price. So he's one of my value guys again today. Uh, P.J. Tucker's not going to go there at all. We we need to check and see what the pricing has been adjusted to on uh, Demarcus Cousins. He was like nine million percent owned yesterday. uh, You know when Wood was ruled out and he was starting at center, and he did fine. He he did really well. However, this is a back to back. He he's older. He's coming off injuries. Can he absorb those kind of minutes? Uh, when guys like Cauley Stein and Porzingis and maybe even a little Bobon, we may see a Bobon sighting with another slow guy like Cousins out there right now. So i uh, not going to, you know, I want to avoid Cousins. I think he's going to be somewhat fake chalk because uh, everybody's going to be fired up that he, how well he did yesterday. So, you know, right now I'm looking, if I'm going value in this game, I'm looking at Tate and either uh, Brunson, Hardaway or Burke. If I do want to pay up, uh, Luka's certainly one of the biggest in-play guys for me. But I think Dallas wins this game. I'm just not sure if they smash him or they pull away in the fourth. But um, it makes for an interesting game and certainly not bad to have any exposure there. All right, last two games. We have the Denver Nuggets at 8-7. and at the Phoenix Suns at eight and six. Both teams played last night. Denver is favored by two and a half on the road, lowest over under on the board at 217 and a half. And sorta weird here, uh, good news and bad news to the utmost. The the, uh, bad news is they're 25th and 29th in pace. So that is not good DFS point-wise availability in this game that really sucks uh but defensively these teams are not stepping up denver's 25th which is way worse that's there's i'm surprised they're over 500 with that and uh phoenix is 15th so they're in the middle of the pack they started out uh, way better than that so you know in this game we had mr michael porter jr return which sort of muddies up some of the usage and, uh, you know, all of that kind of thing. Uh, It pushes, I think, Barton back to the bench a lot. You know, Millsap and Jermichael Green might both lose a little bit of time. Uh, Then you have Gary Harris, who now may give up some of his minutes to uh, Barton. So there's more with Porter specifically back. It's it's really uh, creating a shift in minutes. Uh, Jamal Murray's been underpriced here for a while now because he was slumped, but uh, you know he's picking it up a little bit. He does face Chris Paul defense again, uh, who does a, a nice job against him. Uh, the Joker can go off at any time. I think Aiden is a, a shot-blocking presence, but really struggles trying to guard him uh, away from the basket. So, you know, if you, if we're not doing a monster payup for a Luca or a combo Curry-Mitchell kind of thing. Uh, The Joker's certainly in play here. It's just that it's a low-scoring game. There won't be as many possessions, and he's uber expensive. So I doubt that I'm going to go there, but I'm certainly going to at least consider it because he's that strong of a DFS player. Um, Other than that, though, I don't like the conglomeration of all the other guys sharing minutes and won't have a ton of exposure from Denver. On the Phoenix side, you have Chris Paul. He's been steady, but not explosive. He's just, you know, sort of doing his deal, which is completely understandable. Um, You know, the big news is Booker is hurt. So if Booker sits, and we need to get that solidified news, but if he sits, that changes everything for this team. Chris Paul becomes a much, much better uh, option to play because that ton of usage has to go somewhere. I think he may take some of that on his shoulders. Um, there's a very good possibility that uh, Javon Carter uh, plays in Booker's place. He's not a strong player, but he's dirt cheap, and he will get a decent amount of minutes, and he can get enough points to make value if you need that super buy-down spot if you want to try to fit two pay-up guys in there. Uh, Mikhail Bridges might be the guy that benefits more than anybody uh, from the Booker uh, aspect of sitting. Bridges has emerged quietly as a fantastic player for the Suns. And he's been hammering DFS points as well. And it's gone under the radar. His price has crept up, but it's still very reasonable. And with the output that he's uh, having, and he had a big night again last night, uh, he is super in consideration for me here. Because I think that usage, usage of Booker's, which is pretty high, splits more between Paul and Bridges than like a Carter and Aiton or Cam Johnson. So I am I'm high on Bridges. Um, not thrilled with Cam Johnson right now. His minutes uh, are a little shaky. He just, you know, he was looking like he was progressing into a super efficient player. And I I still want to keep my eye on him. I think he's got a good future. But right now, uh, you just can't afford some of his dud games like he had yesterday. And they're getting time for a lot more guys now, like Kaminsky's all of a sudden back in their rotation. And they have a lot of moving parts there. Uh, Center DeAndre Ayton, you know, going against the Joker. um, You know, no Booker. I think he'll hold his own. But he has steadily showed this year two things. One, he is consistent and he's he's getting decent numbers. But on the negative side, the second point is he's not having any of those blowout games like, you know, 26 points, 15 rebounds. He's not getting games like that. You know, some of that may be because uh, Coach Williams is rotating and trying to keep everybody fresh, and they are winning. So. You can't really mess with a chemistry if it's winning. So uh, definitely some exposure in that game. I think there are some nuggets that you can have. Uh, I didn't mean that as in nuggets, nuggets. I meant that as in like gold nuggets uh, from this game that, uh, that you can grab to help your squad. All right, folks, game seven. This is the end of the line for tonight's slate, and it is the Golden State Warriors- would you believe they're eight and seven? eight and seven? I can't believe it myself to be honest with you. I did not know that uh, they were the second worst team in basketball last year. so uh, I guess Curry is all that and and then some. They' uh, the Golden State Warriors are a uh, seven and a half point dog to the Utah Jazz. Uh, we already talked about this game. didn't we already go for Utah and Golden State? I think we did. Who did I skip? We went, we did Denver Phoenix. Oh, okay. It's LA Lakers and Chicago Bulls. That's the last game. Sorry about that. Um, Well, guess what? LeBron James is questionable. I know it's a stunner, uh, but this is the 15th game in a row he's been listed as questionable. We do have a probable on Anthony Davis, which For anybody else, that's great, but for Davis, probable, sort of still questionable. So anyway, why expect those two guys to sit at this point when they never have uh, throughout this entire escapade? Uh, You know, I figured out what I did here. This is really interesting, and it goes to show that uh, the old coach is is getting older because I do not have – this game listed on my sheet. So we're going to have to freelance it here a little bit. All right. So we, I, we've we got Chicago made of a back-to-back, and the Lakers are rested. They did not play last night. So I can't imagine James and Davis don't play, so we're going to preview this game as if they do. Um, right now, the Lakers... Uh, are a, what is it, nine and a half point favorite against the Bulls. Uh, So, again, blowout potential here. It's a 226 and a half over under, which is the second highest on the slate. Um, I think that, uh, you know, that makes it very, very interesting. Uh, Defensive efficiency, the Lakers are first, which we know. So deterrent for Bulls stack. And the Bulls are 26, so good proponent usage here for Lakers stack. Um, From a pace standpoint, Lakers middle of the pack at 16, but great for the the Lakers is the Bulls are the second highest pace. So all of a sudden you've got the Bulls coming to or uh, hosting the Lakers and they play poor defense, but they play super fast. So that is a great sign for the lakers um i'm not a big proponent of playing both lebron and davis i think that uh it's smarter to uh play one or the other uh last game i was much higher on lebron this game it's tough call man either one of them can blow up uh but if the game blows out uh you know we don't know if uh you know, if this is a game where those guys will get full run. Now, it is an island game for the Lakers. They don't play tomorrow either. So there is that plus of them getting a little bit more run. So, you know, let's look at James and Davis, consider one or the other uh, as one of the buy-up guys, and then see how that shuffles in to the rest of our salary bill. Um, Schroeder is still underpriced. He can be played. Caldwell Pope had a great game for me the last game but he needs to make a lot of threes like he did. So he's not a shoe in but if he's hitting his shots uh, at his price, he's a real nice buy. Um, not Don't want to go Gasol at all. Uh, would prefer uh, actually Harrell uh, as a, a nice pick because uh, the Bulls are hurting inside. Wendell Carter is questionable. Uh, he missed yesterday. So if he doesn't play, you get Daniel Gafford, splitting center with pretty much marketing shifts over there, or they play uh, Thaddeus Young and play down size-wise. So when the Lakers go small ball and play Davis at center and take us all out, you may see Chicago follow suit and take Gafford out and and bring Thad Young in and play smaller. So the question on the Chicago side is, uh, you know, Kobe White, has, has had some very inconsistent games. So that's a concern for me. Zach Levine's as hot as anybody in basketball right now. I mean, the dude is zoned in. He's hitting his threes. He's finishing shots. He's even getting a lot of ancillary stats, assists. Uh, he's been fantastic. And I love him as a correlation here. If, if you're going to spend up, and again, you have to look at all of this in perspective, and I'll I'll refer back to what I've said you know several times here, you know you got to make a decision if you're not going to play for example like the Curry Mitchell correlation in the Golden State Utah game, I think it's very wise to play an Anthony Davis Levine uh, correlation in this game. Uh, you know I think it makes sense. the the total is really good. The only concern is blowout. If it blows out, you can get stung pretty bad uh, putting that much money on, uh, in invested into this game. Uh, the other guy that, that I like a lot here is Laurie Markkinen. Uh, the only problem is that interior defense of L.A. is just brutal, and it is their number one rank. So Markinen isn't, you know, he's more of a finesse player than a power player, uh, but if he's hot— he can definitely keep them in the game. So I think he's uh, certainly a potential. Um, I'm not sure if Gafford gets enough run to be playable. If you want to look at a Thad Young, uh, pretty cheap, he's going to get a, a chunk of minutes off the bench and, and needs to be considered as well. So definitely a game I'm going to have exposure to. The question is, you know, am I going to pay up for this game or do I want to go with with a little bit more of the uh, value plays uh, in this one, which you know there are guys in here that aren't uh, overly priced. Kobe White's come down a little bit. Uh, Garrett Temple's getting a lot of minutes. Like I said, Dad Young, uh, Caldwell Pope. If if you think he's going to continue his hot shooting, um, or Montrez Harrell, who's very well priced, should get some good run uh, when they go small ball on both sides. So that is it. That is all seven games. Uh, hopefully that gives you a good breakdown of the potential here of some great plays and some fades and a couple of uh, correlations. And, you know, it, I think that that will help you build your initial, initial lineup. Um, if you want to jump in with us, we'd love to have you. We'll be chatting it up all afternoon in Discord. And then uh, at 7.30 Eastern, because we have a late eight start tonight, uh, we'll be posting our coaches clipboard draft DraftKings and our lineups in FanDuel and Yahoo. So come join us, check us out, um, and uh, hopefully we're just going to smash it here. I think the there's a lot of variance on this slate with all the, the 10 teams on a back-to-back and uh, all of the other people that are sitting. So it's going to take... Uh, very very uh high not letter level of focus and believe me uh this uh podcast is going to help you a lot getting your lineup together early is going to help you a lot but in this world we live in right now you've got to be tuned in to all of the outlets where you're getting news or if you're in our discord you'll get it there because that last hour before lock it's like you know the stock market people are This guy's sitting, this guy's playing, this guy's limits restricted. You got to factor all that in and one or two changes basically makes a domino effect to your roster. So you got to be ready to act quickly on that. And then uh, it's nice tonight because we've been having games at seven, all stretched out all the way till 10 or 1030. So tons of big uh, time in between where you have to follow, follow, follow for late swap. You're not going to have that much tonight because you've got the three, eight o'clock, and four nine o'clock games. So if you get through that initial wave and then you see the news for those four nine o'clock games, you should be able to make a couple pivots and be good to go. Then you can grab a cold one, sit back on the couch and uh, root your squad in. So again, we thank you for joining us today. Um, I'll be back again solo tomorrow for a nice Sunday slate. I'm gonna try to post that this evening because it is an earlier slate for the early games. And I want I try to review all of them, not just the main slate, on Sundays, because there are a lot of people that are uh, want to watch games during the day Sunday and have some action on them. So I'll try to get out, that out tonight at worst, first thing in the morning, and get that posted for the Sunday slate. And then, uh, thank goodness, Andrew will be back on Monday. Uh, we're going to jump right into Monday's look at defensive real plus-minus. Uh, Probably do a two brains are better than one lineup and get right after it again. So we got a lot happening here at Coach Talk, and we appreciate you spending this uh, chunk of time with us. And again, I hope it really helps you take down some big tournaments tonight. So uh, have a great day, and uh, we'll see you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in DFS.